Hello and welcome to Movie of the Year, the only podcast on the internet that has the science and the screaming to determine what is the single greatest movie of any given year. Right now, we are, we're doing 2002, but uh, I won't be the last to tell you that O2 is going to go on a break for a while and we're going to talk about other stuff, mostly focusing on 2022. My name is Ryan and I will be your host for today. With me as always is the host of the O2 season. I can't believe we got him. It's Mike Gravano. Yeah, I moved some things around in my schedule, but you know, I decided to be here. Even though this is 22, different season, I- I'm still here to support. So you're still going to do the show that you're on, even though it's different even, slightly? Yeah, even though the board wrestled control from my cold, dead hands. Yeah, very uh, succession. It's it's crazy. I said, I'll give up hosting with my cold, dead hands, and they <laughs> flatliners me. They killed me, gave Ryan the hosting job, and then brought me back and said, we'll do it again. I went, okay, I'm, we're good. Greg, did you uh, were you involved in any flatlining? No, because luckily for me, uh, my hands are kind of always cold and dead feeling. <laughs> if I were to walk up to you and just like grab your wrist, you like a, a jolt of energy would go through you as you felt my extremely weirdly cold hand. How many people do you think, like when you were at a bar in a store, if you're like, excuse me, tight spot, think they just saw a vision of their death, final destination yeah, style, because you accidentally touched them? Or the Dead Zone? You guys remember that movie? With Christopher Walken? Oh, yeah. He could do that with shaking hands. Yeah, he like, because that's how he saw that the guy was like the, because that's based on the Stephen King book. Yeah. He could see the future. You know what? That's a good Stephen King book. If you're at home and you're like, which Stevie King should I read next? And you haven't read Dead Zone? Give it a shot. Because what? After Dead Zone, Dragon's Eyes. Is this what this podcast is? We're just going to recommend the order (laughs) of Stephen King books? Oh, did I not get to the topic at hand soon enough, pseudo host? Yikes. No, I thought, I just... Greg talked about a Stephen King book I hadn't heard of, so I was like, do you know what one I love that nobody talks about enough is Through Dragon's Eyes, which is like his fantasy novel. I do love Through Dragon's Eyes, and you know what? It's you dope. should check out Fairy Tale. His most recent book is kind of a return to fantasy form for Stephen King. Speaking of King, the kings of film lists have been the Sight and Sound magazine since 1952. Ew, do you guys so have old. any idea what this is that I'm talking about? I've heard their name before. Yeah, I'm a fan of both senses. Probably yeah. a sight guy more than a sound guy, honestly. Okay. If uh-huh. I'm being, like, I, let's rip off your fucking ears and then see what you say. Smell and taste. That's my movie magazine. Um, so, so in 1952, they came out with their first top 100 movies of all time. Uh, there were about half, no, a third of the movies back then than there are now. It was 30 straight white male critics about that were deciding what the canon was. And this is, for all intents and purposes, the film canon. Yeah. Um, later on in the century, AFI would release American, mm-hmm. a list of American movies that sort of became ours. But if you want to go past Shawshank Redemption being one of the greatest movies of all time, then you would go to Sight and Sound. Um, so 1952, Citizen Kane was number one. It was the case. They only do it every 10 years, which is one of the crazier parts about it. Uh, was number one for half a century until Vertigo toppled it. And this year we have a new number one. In the meantime, over the last five years or so, the three of us have decided the greatest movie of... Do you guys know how many given years? 18? Oh, I was going to say 11. It's 15, guys. <laughs> Good hey, job. we're Rare. both wrong. Bookending it. I will always be the little bear to your mama and papa bears. <laughs> so, uh, yes, th- that is the correct porridge, and it's about 15 years. Not always in the same way. Sometimes we would do one show for an entire year at the end of the year, like we're doing this year with 2022. Um, or we would spend six months on trying to figure out what it is. Um, 
more recently this year for Sight and Sound, they decided to make some changes. You guys have maybe heard of these changes in other groups like the Golden Globes, admitting there was not a single uh, person of color in the entire voting body. Oh, whoops. Well, it's a global <laughs> institute, <laughs> and I don't know I don't know if there's many people of color around the globe. Did anybody even realize? Oh, my gosh. How silly that total, we did that. Total accident. It's so I'm weird sorry. how that could happen randomly. They took a year off because they were canceled. But literally, like... NBC said, we're not doing your show anymore. They're back this year with a much larger body. The Academy, which does not have a great record for people of color, women, you know. Uh, what the Academy likes to do is make jokes about it. They, they get Doogie Hauser to make jokes about it and then don't change anything ever. The, I think about three or four years ago, they almost doubled the size of the Academy. And it was all people who were basically not straight white males. And it changed the nice. voting a little bit. Sight and Sound finally did this. And so it jumped... It probably doubled in size to a lot of people who were not cigarette-smoking, cafe-coffee-drinking, dirty French people. But instead, people from all shapes and sizes and walks of the earth. And the list dramatically changed. And some people do have a problem with this. So we have. Wait, a- wait, can, I wonder what. What do you think? That, what do you think are the dynamic? The, the, the features of those people. What kind of what hmm. kind of people do you think those are? Let's see. What are their features? I bet they are kind of a little bit older, white males. The people straight. who have a problem. Yeah, those yes, are the those, ones. Yes. those are the ones who developed a little bit of a problem with the new way of doing things. What's crazy, Greg, is that you're you're sort of saying like it might have been some of those people, but in fact, definitely was all of those people. Every so. single one of them. It's the same amount of people. There's like a big Venn diagram that is a circle of people who are like. Did Weinstein do anything wrong? It's the same. <laughs> this is a group of people who simply are just asking questions. Everybody, <laughs> Look, are, are you not allowed to ask questions anymore? I love every Woody Allen movie before he was accused mm-hmm. and after. I love them all equally. <laughs> but the part, the part during his being accused, uh-uh. Vicky mm, Christina Barcelona, get out of here. So, I think it's an interesting topic, if not clearly one-sided, about can. Can the canon change this dramatically over the one year? Without a podcast. Does that ruin <laughs> does that sort of ruin what the canon is now that we have a new number one? We have almost infinitely more films directed by people of color and women in the top one hundred than we had previously. Um is it okay for these movies just to become canon? Yeah, I, I think the we need to go Crisis of Infinite Earth style. There was one canon that people have said for every art, every medium, there's actually numerous canons. There's always been amazing works of art by women and people of color, right? By non-straight white men. Uh, yeah, and now sure. we're just, we're changing how we view the quote unquote main canon. Right. So if you, if you, if you change the people who are deciding what the canon is, it's because you want to explore the, the, the voiceless a little yes. bit. And when you join the voice of the voiceless to the to the voice of everybody who has been part of it, it's going to dramatically change what happens. I think there's no there's you, when you change the group of people deciding, you are changing the yeah. canon, and that's just and how it's going to be. And if you have a problem, be good and interesting. Yeah, I mean, interesting is the only and like debatable and conversation starting is the only point of these lists. I can't so let's even, get that out of the way. I can't even remember the name of the of the movie that got number one, but I saw like 18 people on Twitter be like, I've never heard of that movie. And then the next tweet, okay, I'm watching that movie. And then the last tweet, okay, that was amazing. Yeah. All right, so, so like, you follow better people than I do because so many people are like, I've never heard of it, and I refuse, which is 
you truly love film <laughs> if you don't want to explore things you haven't heard of before. The best movie ever made? No, thank you. And the, the third group that you guys are not mentioning is the people who say, I have seen it. It's fine. This is more woke bullshit. You know, like mm. this very artistic, artsy-fartsy, up-its-own-butt list of things that only artsy-fartsy people care about is too woke. Like, that's really the issue. Like, these people should have had votes forever. If I'm going to ever take anything someone says seriously and they use the word woke to me, I need them oh. to spend a long time defining it. Like, what, yeah, exa- what, what exactly are we talking about? Because I, it's like this catch-all phrase at this point, and it just means anything that the speaker doesn't like at that moment. But, yes. like... You have to defend your position. You can't just say woke at me. You have to say exactly what you mean by it. Because I really want to know what are these woke ideologies that people suddenly find themselves so uh, against. Black people existing. Yeah, that's what it feels like, right? <laughs> like you know, women being outside the home. Okay, then yes, I'm a I'm I'm into woke yeah, ideologies. Brother, <laughs> I mean, but for me, a- me and Mike's other pod, like uh, Ms. Marvel comes out and it stars. Uh, Muslim teenager that's woke. Like the show is already written off. Like it just it because uh, even by existing. in my America there are no Muslim teenagers. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, and she's a girl. I forgot. It's Ms. Marvel. Ew. Yeah, it's a double whammy. Uh, oh, and they're saying she's not a terrorist. Mm, read a history book. <laughs> How do you? So we think that it was probably good to involve non-straight, non-white, not males in the list, right? That's where we're landing. Yes, which is yes. why we try to do it on this podcast whenever we can. Whatever the canon lets us. Um, how do you guys think that we did compared to... Oh, and I will say that um, there's 100 movies that were picked by critics and 100 movies picked by filmmakers. And we're going to sort of mm. go over those two lists and the differences and what we think. We are critics. Of course, we sent our Sight and Sound list into Sight and Sound. We accidentally mailed them to each other, so they did not get counted. But we got to read each other's, and that was nice. And you We all thought each other was on the board of Sight and Sound, and we're wrong. Nice printing. Thank you. You're yeah, a gentleman with nice printing. I appreciate that. When I received the two of yours, I was like, oh, God, thank God all three of us put Billy Madison on our list. Of I course. was so nervous. Of course. Not number one listeners, obviously. Yeah, we're not dumb. But, but it's number a top one that five year. film, for sure. Um, so there's two lists. There are, there's a ton of crossover, but a ton of not. Um, I think that the director you can tell is coming more from a where's the camera? Uh-huh. And the critic Oh, is that what they do? The critic is more like what are the themes? You know, what does this mm. say about the human existence? I'm painting with a very broad brush here. Um Do you think one director was like, "Shit, was I supposed to put themes in my fucking movies? <laughs> Am I supposed to bring the camera?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got to own your own camera. <laughs> Sean Baker always forgot his. That's why he's Yeah, that's why he's like, uh, give me a phone, give me a phone. <laughs> <laughs> Take your fucking phone out, okay? Cut, tie a ribbon around your finger, Sean Baker, or something. Um, the way that the voting works is that each critic and each director sends in 10 alphabetized movies. Okay. And so it's not picking, it's not ranking 100 for the people who are voting. So it's just all A's then, the whole list? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe some A minuses, but they're very good movies. Um, and so th- there's a lot of ties, and there's a, that leads to a lot of change because from the top tens I had seen from the critics and the uh, filmmakers, it looked like for the most part they were like, "I'm gonna do five or six canon movies, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna do four or five off the wall. This is just for me. Summer for you, right. summer for me." And so that's that's what happens is that if there's enough people who pick the same for me movies, then it gets into the canon. Right. That's just how it works. So it's not a complete turnover upside down. Everything's different. It's just that there are new movies. How do and you... Th- go ahead, Mike. Didn't, didn't people online... I forget what director. Some director, like, uh, 
Ryan Johnson, a Colin Trevorrow, a younger director, a younger 45, 50-year-old director. <laughs> <laughs> slip of a lad. Um, did one that is so canon, and people are like, what a hack. Yeah. So you are you can't please these folks. No, I mean, don't look at comments, I think, is always yeah, the point. don't read the comments. Um, how do you guys think that we did in choosing our movie of the years compared to Sight and Sound? Flawless. Because I have to now finally admit to you, that's the reason why we're here today. <laughs> I'm ba- I'm guessing that we didn't do great, and here's why: because we are very much bound by a principle that they would not be, I would think, which is that we're trying to get like the movies that make you feel like that year, that year and so that's going to yeah. be the, the popular movies. So we bring them in, and what that causes, I think, is we get one or two capital F films per season, and they're always among our favorites, but. I think that we're often year by year missing like 10 of those really good movies because they weren't as much part of the cultural conversation at the time. Right. That's why like we only get to watch come and see or Billy Madison a cup. Like <laughs> it's it. Then you have to have the shit people like. Yeah. Cause that defines that year. The marquee out of the, outside of the studio says come and see Billy Madison. And everybody's like, hell yeah, I will. Okay. A, lo- a lot of people think that we did Adam's family too because we wanted to watch that but that's not true we had to it was a major part of the cultural conversation that that new number one for sight and sound that greg can't remember the title of is adam's family values yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right let's take a break and we're going to dive in to what sight and sound thinks of our rankings and what our rankings think of sight and sound hey guys thank you so much for listening so far and let me just tell you that everything ahead of this commercial is much better than what came before it that's my guarantee while i have you here let me tell you about a website it's called yourpopfilter.com and it's everything you need that's related to pop filter everything mike everything ryan everything greg everything cassie everything is there at yourpopfilter.com while you're there go to yourpopfilter.com slash amazon make that your new amazon bookmark and do your shopping from there that way, we get a little piece of the action, and Amazon doesn't. Make sure you're also listening to everything that Pop Filter has to offer, which includes the Superhero Show Show, a podcast that covers every single TV show that's based on a comic book or comic book property, and Movie of the Year, where we sit down and try and figure out what is the single greatest movie of any given year. That Superhero Show Show, that's Movie of the Year. And that's yourpopfilter.com. Rate, subscribe, review, bye. All right, gentlemen, a couple notes before we get started. Um, One, we on Movie of the Year go by typically the American release date. And I know that makes us sound like red, white, and blue idiots. but um, Sorry, we're exceptional. It's just the way that it sort of has to work. So there is going to be a little bit of confusion here as to when movies came out and should we have done them, should we have not. The second point is that uh, the year 2002, the one that we're currently working on, Zero movies on the what? sight and sound list. No Battle Royale. Oh, my God. No Unfaithful. Battle Royale could be on their 2000 list, perhaps. Or are you saying no? It's there, Yeah, it's not. Just no I love movies Battle came Ro- out that year? Fuck you. I have to sound. say, I do think that that's an interesting movie to bring up, Ryan, and not just because we all just watched it, but because that's the kind of movie that I think we really celebrate that is not as palatable for like the film folks to all sit around and talk about how good it is. It's like Quentin Tarantino movies. It's like, it is kind of abrasive. It's kind of uh, lacks class, but it's so good like at what us. it does. And it really like, so I think that, that, that that's a good choice. Like I would expect that movie to be on that list. 
If, but if Sight and Sound has a problem with Battle Royale, can I just recommend a recent episode of Movie of the Year featuring Mike and Greg about what a deep, complex, wonderful movie that yeah, is? Right? Yeah, right? Yeah. Because you can find that kind of stuff in things that are not like highbrow. And that's what's nice about Battle Royale. What I do like uh, about Battle Royale is uh, the stinky drink their wine with their pinkies out, film people are going to hate it. And then also the bros who just want to watch yeah. the, uh, Mar- <laughs> the World Burn uh, and Chris Nolan movies will also hate it. So, But the sensitive boys with podcasts will love it. <laughs> I'll love it. <laughs> I don't know why we ever need to read comments because of the amount we just make up on the show. Like... <laughs> We're always what? talking about comments. Every enemy I've ever had is a man made of straw. <laughs> <laughs> what are you, the Wizard of Oz? All right. We're going to start with 1975, which, as far as our years go, is by far the most celebrated on the sight and sound list. Um, not coincidentally, is also the furthest back year that we've ever done. Because yeah. these lists have a tendency to you know, prefer stuff that's more that stood the test of time. Uh, although this year we've got more recent movies than any list by far. And stay tuned, uh, listeners, because maybe we'll do a year that before 1975. We might. I there weren't even, what, Jesus' birthday year? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's footage of man inventing fire. <laughs> um, the movie that topped the list was called Jean Dielman. And uh, this is a movie that w- American audiences didn't really get to see until 1978 which is something that I do think we should remember for then. Uh, I think this automatically puts it on the list, not just because it topped the sight and sound list, but because of the amount of toxic masculine hate it has received over the last three weeks sort of dares us to watch it. And what year? This is from 78? We're doing 75 now. It's It came out in 75, uh, but... For our purposes, it's probably seventy. Got it, got it, got it. But we did okay. So we didn't totally drop the ball by having a seventy-five season and not even bringing it up. Correct, because we wouldn't have according to our bylaws. Right. Um, John Dealman is. I mean, do you guys know anything about it? Nope. Okay, it's about. I don't even know if we should go over it, but it's about a three and a half hour movie about a woman cooking in her kitchen. And uh, people hate it. Though the people who say it's too woke hate it because yeah. isn't that what they say? Uh, it is uh, about a woman. And directed by a woman. So mm. there you go. And it sounds like uh, kind of like small, intimate, um, like sort of exploring. I'm recording. We're going to give a rankings and spankings. Everyday life, but in a beautiful, the, elevated way. The mundanity of routine. Yeah. So that's that's a pretty artsy-fartsy pitch. Christ, we're going to love this movie. I ha- so <laughs> I, I, have a, I have a question. Are we going to watch this movie and then and then do a show about it? Yeah, I mean, when we get to 1978. Okay, when we get okay, when we get to 1978. So we're excited about doing it, but this isn't a real proposal for like we're all going to run out and go watch. Yeah, not a bonus episode, no. Now, who is this John Dealman? What's his what's what's his <laughs> what's up with him? What's his deal, man? Yeah. <laughs> so 1975, do you guys remember who won? Dog Day, right? Dog Day Afternoon. Dog, hell yeah, yeah, dude. Was not on any list. What? Really? John Punks. John it, Dealman was number 1. Mir was 32. And Barry Lyndon was 45. Looking back, did we fuck up? No. Dog Day Afternoon rules. And again, we were trying to find the most 1975 movie. And that was like so laser focused on 75 that I feel like that's just a consideration that they don't have. But that is like centrally important to us. It's movie of the year. So like I'm not intimidated by it. I'm not mad. There's a movie that's roughly better than all of those put together that I did not mention. Which is? It's Jaws. Jaws is not on the top 100 critics list. Really? The director's list is John Dillman at four, Mira at eight, Barry Lyndon at 12. So three movies in the top 12. 
Jaws is at 62, and Solo is at 72. Okay, look. I think Solo has merit, but Jaws should be way higher. And this does prove we're more directors at heart than critics at heart. I think that's definitely true, right? <laughs> yeah, and I just think that like we we still expect from the movies a little bit more Yeah, a little bit more entertainment. I and not that we discount the things. We just like that to be part of the package. And I think that for some of these critics, sometimes it's like, "Oh, you tried to be interesting." in a way that I don't approve of. And so you have failed. And uh, uh, certainly it's not very elevated to have a shark come out of the water and like bite at your main character. But I, I have a hard time believing these people wouldn't enjoy, wouldn't love sitting down and watching Jaws. I think there's a lot of dudes on the internet who think Sean Dillman would have been a lot better if a shark popped out at some point. <laughs> uh, and I do Maybe every movie would be. If you listen to our Mir or Barry Lyndon shows or our Solo show, um, you, couldn't, you wouldn't tell there that the lack of populist entertainment in the film hurts it. And in its own episode, we're very stoked about it. It's when it comes down to winning the bracket that I think some amount of popcorn eating is maybe not necessary, but definitely looked highly upon. Yeah. See, we, what, one thing we uh, like our refrain on the show, we always come back to is movies can be so many different things. And I don't mean to like preface our show against this list, but I do think that there's a way in which this list it's like just saying, like, okay, several of those things aren't important to right. this list. And we celebrate the guy's entire catalog. We want every part of the movie represented, at least somewhere in the season. And we kind of want those things to come together and all be in the whatever is the movie of the year. Because I want my mom to be like, yeah, that's definitely the movie of the year. And then I want my teenage nephew to be like, yeah, that's, that's definitely the movie of the year. And it's hard to get... Four quadrant. Yeah, it's hard to get that kind of agreement. Especially those two. They're always fussing and feuding. <laughs> I'd, I'm going to be honest. Uh, as enjoyable as it was that week to do it with you guys, to watch Mir and tackle Mir, attempt attempt to tackle Mir in the episode, um, I don't think it had a good shot. I do think that Barry Lyndon had legs. Yeah, dude. And that, yeah. w- that was one of the biggest revelations for me on the show. Like... Barely is a three and a half hour movie that I watched three times in the week. I just, I, it's like all I watched during that week. And because I can definitely tell it was the site people that probably did this one, not the Barely Lyndon <laughs> doesn't have great sound, but there's some epic sight in this. Let's move on to our next earliest year, which is 1982. Um, we just completed this and ET won. E.T. the extraterrestrial was not on the critics bracket or not bracket. They're not brackets, guys. Not everything is a bracket. <laughs> not on the critics list. Not on the directors list. Do you is know? Is that because there are they so afraid of seeming obvious? Because that's stupid. I agree. And I do they hate Spielberg? Are they so afraid director? of aliens? I heard some. <laughs> I heard some theories that um, because you only get ten, it's hard hmm. to pick more than one movie for a director. Okay. Yeah. And so. On my personal list, it's possible, if just very personal list, that five of the ten would be Spielberg movies for me. Right. Um, but if you are a diehard Jaws War fan, Horse. Close Encounters fan, War Horse fan, The Adventures of Tintin fan, oh, then yeah. Ready Player One, it's not going to get on there. <laughs> uh, do you guys know what uh, made both lists from 1982? What else did we do that year? I'll give you a hint. It was E.T. versus this in the finals. Uh, I don't remember that. That was so far ago. Number 55 for the critics, number 62 for the directors, it's Blade Runner. And I'm honestly, oh, yeah, of course. I'm honestly a little more surprised that it's on the critics Yeah, more than the filmmakers. I thought this is like a slam dunk movie for the filmmakers. 
again, I think that this one has sight and sound, I guess. So I'm not I'm not surprised that it, it's so I big. love how literally you're taking this magazine down. <laughs> <laughs> That's why there are no silent pictures. There, <laughs> just I think what you can see in Blade Runner is all the culture that feeds into it and all the culture that comes out of it. So that's why I'm not surprised because it is like a perfect sort of like focal lens through which so much of Hollywood pours in one side and then comes out the other one. Uh, Fanny and Alexander, uh, which I, I think we would have done in a different year. That's uh, Bergman and Sans Soleil, which is Chris Marker, the guy who did La Jete. Uh Those were also on the director's list, but... See, like those don't have th- those have a real hard time breaking in mm-hmm. for us. That's the thing. If they were mm-hmm. movies in the season, they would they'd have great shows and they and they'd have a puncher's chance. But it's just so hard to 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 break through when Mike and I are both You're looking defining. at each other like we don't even know what language of origin that is. Yeah, it, Ryan's making shit up right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the guy who did Roger Tay, the people who make <laughs> my mouse. Um, let's move on to. 1985, our winner was Brazil. Hell yeah! Not yeah. on either list. Yeah, Idiots. I just I I like they're not gonna put Terry Gilliam on that list. They know. are wrong. I thought Brazil would. I mean, it's only a hundred movies in the history of cinema, so there's only so much room. But Brazil's a put pretty Brazil beloved on. movie. It's the part where it doesn't make anybody's individual list. Like I'm surprised Brazil couldn't break through on anybody's list. Mm-hmm. Uh, the winner. Uh, or the only movie that was on both the critics and the directors, and we may have talked about this in our 1985 intro, is Shoah, which is a, I believe, 16-hour documentary about the Holocaust. Not a movie. Doesn't count? It's a miniseries? It's not even a movie, yeah. Wait, are you denying the existence of Shoah? <laughs> yeah, I am. I'm a <laughs> couple steps back here, Mike. Stand take take, another, take gonna... another run at this. Digging my heels. On the director's list, tied at 41, were two 1985 movies, Vagabond, which is directed by Agnes Varda, a movie I've recently watched, so that proves that's existence, and Come and See did make the director's list. Hell yeah, it did. But not the critics' list. No. I don't understand these creatures. (laughs) Yeah, that's surprising to me, too. I mean, it had sight. It had the, it had the sound. (laughs) I remember it had both of them. Remember the sound of the bullets hitting the cow flesh? Come on. I think, Mike, if we give Drop Pad a drop that has Greg saying it had sight it had sound, <laughs> we we can stop Greg's paychecks. <laughs> Just use that drop. Is this AI replacing a job? Uh, okay, so let's go on to 1988. 1988's winner was Die Hard. Do you guys know where that placed on either oh, of those lists? Oh, man. Probably I, only on the critics, not I'm on I'm guessing the they both denied that it exists. Yes, they both denied the existence of Die Hard. Uh, that's like... I think that's almost too populous for us. I don't. Yes. I wouldn't retract it, but yeah. it's uh, surprising our, though. W- I believe it, and I believe in us, but our tongues were pretty firmly in our cheeks. It's more about we, the, <laughs> like it's more we about the eighty-eight season. I think. Yeah, it's more about that season. Like it, those were all blockbuster movies, so there just was not like there was no sleepy art house film to really take it away. But yeah, I if if somebody if somebody had said what movie for sure that one is not on these lists, I would be like, oh, Die Hard. <laughs> um, the other two movies that were nominated is and Mike, this probably does not count for you. It's uh, number eighty-seven was History to Cinema, which is uh, Godard's documentary about cinema up to that point. How the long fa- is it? <laughs> I think it's like six hours. Too <laughs> long. Movie. Not a movie. 
Um, I this is this surprise. I've never seen this, um, but for this just like clip show to be so highly regarded, I guess I should watch it before I talk yeah. shit. But go dart yourself a favor and watch it. Thank you for that. And number seventy four was my neighbor Totoro. Yeah, hell yeah, which Wait, was in our season. Eighty eight. Eighty eight. That's how old that movie is. That's crazy. That movie is timeless. It's so good. I think Totoro had legs. Yeah, maybe and, not and as much as maybe not as much as that was good, guys. Not as much as other uh, Miyazaki's in our season. You know, like I think Spirited Away probably came close. Gosh, yeah. Um, and then we did Mononoke. He's like sort of anytime he's got a movie and we're starting a season, it's just in, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. More than any other director, I think. But Spirited Away, like that was that was the one that I thought that had a real chance. Let's do one more before we take a break because I think this one's pretty interesting. Uh, next year chronologically is 1991. Our winner, The Silence of the Lambs, did basically sweep the Oscars, but was not put on either of the sight and sound lists. I'm not surprised. Are Some of the sights anti- in that were really <laughs> bad. Gruesome. Yeah. Are they, uh, do you think, so anti... Each group of these people, are they anti the Oscars? So they're like, well, we're not going to do any best picture. Ugh. Honestly, I think that they treat the Oscars like you treat the MTV movie and TV awards. Like, best kiss, best kiss. <laughs> <laughs> barely even know that it's on. Yeah, some of these movies, they just strike me as um, very American. Mm-hmm. Like, like Science Lambs is a super American style movie. And so I could see why we would like it for our show, which is like very america centric you know like not that we don't do foreign films but um i think that we kind of talk about american pop culture and that that's the the center of our our universe the difference between us and sight and sound is we want people to listen to our show and enjoy it and they want to watch the world burn we just do the sound Uh, mike is quickly becoming a reply guy here (laughs) (laughs) i'm watching it happen in real time um Daughters of the Dust made the critics list. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember, but that was my pick when we all got to choose a movie to go oh, into the brag. bracket. So I just wanted to point that out real quick as as a brag. That's your yeah, shoulder. Yeah, right. as, as a, a brag. brag. Okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> but only one movie made from 1991 it made both the critics and the filmmakers list. Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Not <laughs> on the list. What? So, so does that prove everything to be bunk? Correct? How oh much proves the whole universe in to that be movie? Bunk? And then yes. when you think about the sound, yes. come on. Yes. Just the THX bumper at the beginning of the movie is more sound than a lot of these films have. That one? That's the yeah. one, Ryan. <laughs> uh, number 80 on the critics list and number 72 on the filmmakers list is a brighter summer day. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. One of our fucking famous lost episodes at this point. I think that one was me, yeah. About, we're, got, we're I, on about one per season uh, at this point. I, I like at least we each, like it really, we trade off who's going to fuck Who it's going to be. This <laughs> and Greg, you're up, so. I know, yeah, I'm the next, next buddy. I haven't done it in a while. I haven't done my um, turn off the power strip with my toe <laughs> right before we save in, in, a, in a couple years at you this know, point. You hobo, if you would just wear socks that have been darned and don't have one toe sticking yeah. out. Then well, you would stop turning it off. That's not my style. I can't wait, Mike, when we return to the O2 season, when you're like, uh, Ryan wins, and Greg's like, does he? And then just deletes everything. Yeah, <laughs> how about that? Um, aside from being a lost show, and I don't know if us losing the podcast then means you can't win movie of the year. It kind of makes sense. It, it doesn't, doesn't help. help. It. <laughs> <laughs> um, did this one have, uh, aside from the whole, it's got to be 1991 thing, this I would say... This one gels with us, I think. This Hell was yeah, like dude. close to the top, if not the top of the list. Yeah, this is one of the best movies we've ever done for the show. 
for sure. And I, I think also like a lot of our, our faves are like how much is on your mind that you're hiding in it and how goddamn watchable are you blending together? Mm-hmm. The middle of this movie, one group of kids kills another group of kids with swords and knives. And the amount the movie doesn't talk about that <laughs> is so incredible. I am still shocked by that. But there's so much going on in it. And there's so many different characters with so many different motivations. And yet it is also the story of one family kind of falling apart. Just very complex, interesting, uh, and showed me a, a part of the world that I hadn't thought a lot about in, in, in terms of like the recent exiles from or expats from China into Taiwan. I think when it comes to crossover between us and Sight and Sound, one, it's uh, it's so it's so very clearly important that we save that one spot for the artsy fartsy movie because that's where the crossover exists. Yeah, uh-huh. right. <laughs> uh, but also, a lot of times the movies that we do that are harder to recommend are like Mirror, where it's so avant garde and so right. uh, trying to put the pieces together. And Brighter Summer Day, although also difficult to recommend, is not. Difficult in the same way. I think that you know you're talking about us being such Americans, and the reason why movies like Silence of the Lambs win is because it's a structure that's familiar to us, that yeah. is comfortable to us. And so, Brighter Summer Day is an absolute masterpiece. That I think the only reason would be difficult is because the structure is not cares not for any American storytelling right. methods. You know what it is? A lot of the movies we watch and love are not based on real life; they're based on movies. And that's like what uh, Silence of the Lambs is. It's not based on something that happened in the world. It's based on a bunch of movies that came out before it. And to me, it feels like we like that because we like movies and we like the hyper real world that's created in them. But like Brighter Summer Day, like it's based on reality. It, it, it yeah. looks like somebody. Which is why it's to... hard to follow. Yeah. Because there's so many people. Everybody has their own. In... Where a movie as movie is just like this person is this thing, and yeah. that's all they want. A shot tells you what to think and what's going on. Music cues hold your hand, and you know what the emotion's supposed to be. I mean, when something happens in minute 22, I'm like, okay, that's th- that's what this is for the rest of the story. We're saving the yeah. cat. <laughs> so I think that they just, you know, if you live with movies as a career, I think then those sort of obvious movie-based movies really bug you. And but if you're just like a kind of more of a um, of a fan of movies, you like the way in which you can see like, oh, yeah, that's based on this film and this film and this film. It's comforting in a way. That being said, not to sound like a basic bitch, but when it comes to watching something like A Brighter Summer Day, I like a little heads up and I definitely give it it recommended of like this isn't the sort of structure that you're used to or, you know, just sit down and let it wash over you. Yeah. That's a common refrain. Uh, yeah. Instead of like trying to f- parse out the details of the story, uh, just a little bit—not a trailer, not a, just any plot Vibes, points, man. Yeah, just here's sort of what you're in for. Because I think when you are waiting for that minute twenty-two shoe to drop and it doesn't come, you sort of freak out a little bit. <laughs> Where am <laughs> you're I? You're unmoored. You're looking for your life raft. All right, we're gonna take a break, and when we come back, we're gonna head all the way to the future of the late nineties. Hola, Filterinos. I just wanted to interrupt real briefly and say thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. If you want to support us a little more directly, you can go to patreon.com slash yourpopfilter. There, depending on what tier you pick, $1 a month, $5 a month. If you're crazy, anything more than $5 a month, don't do that. You can get extra content. There's extra shows, extra series, uh, behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, you could 
pay for Ryan to draw you a picture. Uh, I can write you a poem. You can get the shirts off our very own backs. All of that and so much more over at patreon.com slash your pop filter. While you're on the internet, you should check out Shady Monk. He does all the tunes you've been listening to. He's on Bandcamp. He's on Spotify, uh, SoundCloud, wherever kids get their music these days that I'm too old to know. Shady Monk lives there. Uh, You can probably follow him on Twitter and Instagram as well. That's Shady Monk. Wherever you get music, check him out. All right, gentlemen, things are going to start to change a little bit because the later we go in time, the less people care about these movies. Although... Uh, there's going to be an influx of the last five years, which is another part of why people are so upset about the canon is that it's not just necessarily more directors of color or more uh, women directors, but the balance of current day movies, modern day movies to old movies is now out of whack because people who are voting like current day movies, which I don't, I don't know what to tell them. They're morons. Yeah, for people check who out like ten movies. It's amazing. There hasn't been a good movie made since Charlton Heston and Ben Hur. <laughs> <laughs> and he's our movie guy, folks. 1997, we picked LA Confidential. Boo! Yeah, defeat over Jackie Brown right at the last second. Yeah, after an entire season of like, why are we even doing this? Jackie Brown's gonna walk with us. Uh, 97 only gave us on the directors list. It gave us Taste of Cherry, which is a one of Kiristami's first movies. About a guy who, a taxi driver who's trying to find someone to bury him under a cherry tree after he commits suicide. Um, Kiristami is the guy who made Certified Copy, one of my favorite uh, movies of the last 10 years, but did not make the list. Um, and that's it. No LA Confidential. Again, far too Hollywood. And no Jackie Brown. And no Jackie Brown. Yeah, I mean, that, like. Look again. <laughs> those movies are both so Southern California. And like LA Confidential, that is a movie about. Hollywood. Yeah. And I just don't think that's going to be so interesting to an international audience in the same way that it is to kids who grew up 40 minutes away from Hollywood. 1999. This is going to be a weird one. Um, we picked Eyes Wide Shut. This is the first movie we yeah. ever chose. There were boobs in that one, everybody. That's how we picked movies yep. back then and still today. <laughs> it still worked. What is uh, it on the boobs game? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so on the sight and sound list, number seven. Going from, I think, off the list to number seven is a film directed by a woman. Uh, it's called Beau Travail, and it's directed by Claire Denis. Now, for our purposes, this will be a 2000 movie. So okay. we're still, we're not in the doghouse on this one. And we have done seasons on like 99, 2001, and 2002. Yes. We're so dancing around. We just <laughs> refuse to watch this movie. We're so scared of Beau Travail. What was the fashion, <laughs> Ryan? I'm going to say bucket hats. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the only one to make the director's list was number 93, and it was Yee Yee, which I, that might be a 99 movie for us. It might not, but we didn't know back then who Edward Yang was. This is a three and a half hour movie directed by the director of A Brighter Summer Day. Oh, oh damn. Okay, three and a half mo- hour movie, still a movie. <laughs> In case people are wondering at home what my <laughs> But it's, it's bumping up against it. That is Plus, if close. it's a director I know and like, I'll just That's give it movie. movie points. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if we had to re, if we like repicked, I think we would we would have found a way to incorporate that into the season. Gentlemen, hold on to your fucking bucket hats because it's two thousand one <laughs> now. Number eight on the critics list, Mulholland Drive. Number twenty two on yeah. the directors list, Mulholland Drive, and movie of the year, Mulholland Drive. And so, my favorite movie, I have decided, my favorite movie that we've ever done on this show and in general is Mulholland Drive. I, I mean, I don't know. Like, I think that going over this so far, with the exception of Jean Dielman, um, there's no clearer uh, takeover of a year. 
yeah. than this movie. Like, it's just, it's Mulholland Drive and everything else. It's undeniable. And that kind of does fly in the face of, like, again, that's a movie about Hollywood. So that kind of flies in but the face of everything artsy, I've been though. saying. It is so artsy, and it's yeah. so European in, in the fact that it's just, like, you have to watch it several times to figure out what's going on. Exactly. It's a movie about Hollywood, but how many times you go, what? <laughs> that's what they like and for yeah for the critics it's not just having themes all movies have themes it's how uh on a platter the themes are handed to you yeah. and if you have to do no work at all that they're not going to be down with it and it's like i sort of get it from- it's an empty experience if a movie is just like by the way here's everything i'm about and you feel like when you walk out of the theater there's nothing left for you to do with it that is that patch adams all movies that put the themes on the platter are directed the same Mm-hmm. All themes that don't put it on the platter are directed differently. So it's like everyone is a new experience in a way, especially if you're a critic and this is all you do. It just it's mind blowing, and you can hear it from us too. You know, like when we talk about these movies. Yeah, for sure. You get excited. You get like this extra layer of excitement when you feel like you're Something's decoding new. it and yeah. yeah, building the experience with the the author, author rather. All right, two thousand four. There is a movie that they both agree is the movie of the year, but it was not ours. Ours is Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. <laughs> not on either list. I guess it's not surprising it's not on either list. It has. I mean, this show is us, and it, we share DNA with this show, so it has to be our movie of the year. And I think that if you're... There's a lot of this movie, too. Not, th- not that I think this is an equal movie, but if you're born when we're born, then it's sort of like Garden State-ishness of like, this yeah. is just your movie. This yeah. is just your fucking movie if you were around in 2004. Um, oh, wait. It did make the director's list. It was number 93. Oh, hey. So Eternal Sunshine did? Eternal nice. Sunshine, yeah. Um, the movie of the year, according to both critics and filmmakers, is Tropical Malady. Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is from Thai director Apichathong Rirasekathal, who, who made Uncle Boon Me, who oh. made Cemetery of Splendor, Mike. I think we watched that. Yeah. Uh, so this is a uh, critic favorite, director's favorite. Like this guy makes. And it when we do like oh six oh seven, he'll probably be. This movie will be on our list, Let's right? I'm assuming see. it'll come out a couple years. That's yeah, somewhere around there because I don't. It probably was not released to us in 04. Speaking of that, the other movie that made the director's list came out uh, for uh, our intents and purposes in 05, and that's Cachet. That's a Michael Haneke movie. Um, oh, we've done one of his movies, right? The Piano Teacher. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That movie oh, wow. slept. Yeah. <laughs> and so, Cachet is for us, 2005, and I'll call it right now, this will probably win the year. <laughs> Have you guys seen it or know anything about it? No. No. Okay. I just know. Michael Haneke. Yeah. Very much do not want to say anything about it if you haven't seen it. Um, Don't say shit. I'll say that uh, in the after the credits of this podcast. So, if Kay. you want to stick around for that, go for it. It's that Nick Fury comes in and asks Michael Haneke to be an Avenger. <laughs> I have some funny games for you to play. <laughs> he is the director of both funny games as well. Uh, so that is all of the big seasons that we've done. So we got one, guys. Mulholland Drive, I think, is the most... That feels good. Yeah. Arguably the most of its year of any movie of all time. Do you think hearing us talk about they'll realize how wrong they've been? I think so, yeah. Like, we'll make some changes because of them. They need to make some changes because of us. That's exactly. okay. That's well, compromise. My big question after all this is, so we were grading ourselves based on their list or, or like, you know, let's check out our progress against them. My question now is in future seasons, when we're trying to pick movies, if you say this was number mm-hmm. five on the site and sound list, 
don't you think that's going to be like, okay, well, let's work it in. It'll and do you think that eight. that's yeah. going to kind of change the future of the show a little bit? Because it's going to be another way in which we move in the artsy-fartsy and maybe move out the populist. Uh, yes and no. I mean, I think because we're this is the most we've ever focused on a Sight and Sound list because the last one came out 10 years ago. So it'll be fresher in our brains. But also, Sight and Sound gives, in some ways, you know, more, you know, elevates some movies and puts more buzz around some movies, yeah. like Sean Dealman, where... Which is something that we also take into consideration when we're doing. So I think we we do it without even knowing we're doing it. And we kind of have to do it, right? Because if there's buzz, we are supposed to respond to the buzz because that's the feeling yeah. of the year, right? Yeah, we are the bees who like the buzz. But yeah, I think that if in your argument for why this movie in the next intro we do should move over, move on over this movie, sighting sight and sound is not a bad idea. It has the sight. It has the sound. I can already hear Greg's arguments in the future. <laughs> this is it's going to be pretty big for me personally. Uh, real quick, I want to go over the last, what is it, seven years? We have declared a movie of the year over the last seven years. Um, some of them were done in one show. Some of them were, were given a whole season. But uh, 2015 was Tangerine. Oh, hell yeah. Not on the list. No Idiots. Sean Baker on the list. Again, no Sean forgot, Baker on the list? He forgot the camera. Yeah, so... I mean, that like, is, they're like, look, to be on the list, you got to come prepared. <laughs> not to criticize you, but you should have had that camera. That's no sound, or that's no sight if there's yeah. no camera. Uh, 2016, Moonlight was our movie of the year. Moonlight is number 60 on the sight and sound list. Good for okay. us. Good Critics for or directors, or is that amalgamated? Uh, yeah, I don't rem- remember. The amalgamverse. Okay. Uh, number se- 2017 was The Florida Project. We love Sean Baker. Not here. on the list, right? Not oh, yeah, well, the, you said no Sean Baker's. Right? Not on the list, but number 100 was from 2017, and that's Get Out. The Florida Project beat Get Out. I could see it. Based on how their list is formed, that makes sense to me. Uh, 2018, we picked Roma as movie of the year. Hell yeah, mm-hmm. dude. I stand behind that one. Not on their list. That's wrong. Chumps. 2019 got two movies on the Sight and Sound list. Which is like this? This has never happened before. One because last time, 2019, wasn't a year yet. Yeah, but, like, right. that'd be any, crazy. Anything this recent is never on the list. But the two movies were Portrait of a Lady and our pick for 2019 movie of the year, Parasite. I right, stand that by both of those. Yeah. Good choices. Uh, no 2020 or 2021 movies on the list for 2020. What about 2022. No 2022 movies yet. What about uh, 2023. They they don't actually do the future years, Mike. Just the past years. I'm surprised they didn't make an exception for Avatar 2, Way of, of Water. The Way of Water? The Way of the Water. Mike, what's that movie title? Avatar 2, Way of the Water. Okay. You usually say that last word differently because of where you're born. Oh. Well, I'm trying to be cultural appropriate for Pandora. <laughs> There's no Philadelphia in Pandora. The Way of the Water. The Way of the Water Ice. <laughs> uh, 2020, we gave the best picture to First Cow. And 2021, we uh, gave the best picture to Drive My Car. And those have a chance, they do not, to be on the <laughs> list in a decade. Not even Drive My Car? Not even I'd, First Cow? <laughs> those are the options, guys. Um, I would be surprised. Just because, look, it's you can say every movie isn't going to make it because you're only going to be wrong 100 times. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, maybe we'll do better. But also, fuck you, Sight and Sound. What the yeah, fuck do you know? Sight and Sound should do better. Why don't you get some contact lenses and hearing aids for your sight and your sound next time you do a list? Yeah. I thought that, I thought that was like a Greg-like joke. I thought it would get I uproarious it. laughter, but I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> that one was. Your follow-up did, though. Uh, congratulations to Mulholland Drive. Congratulations to us. Um, I think this is going to basically kickstart a long break from O2. Maybe we'll drop in with a couple of O2 shows, 
all about oxygen um, throughout the next couple months. But guys, it is time for 2022. Yeah, Are you ready for matters. this? I've been listening to albums. I've been watching shows from 2022. And oh shit! Come on, Greg. We do this every year. Oh, man. I've been all deep diving to 2017. Is that yeah? Oh. What a weird random year to do of all the years, Mike. I'm still writing <laughs> Office Season 4 on all my checks. <laughs> so, <laughs> so for the year 2022, I'm Ryan. And remember, keep listening to those albums of 2022. Keep watching those TV shows of 2022. And keep watching those movies of all time. <laughs> So, while Americans overwhelmingly support the right of an individual to make their own decisions about abortion, unfortunately, that right is no longer protected anywhere in the U.S. The Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade on June 24th. Abortion is a basic health care need for millions of people who can become pregnant. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. Even if you live in a state where abortion rights are upheld, access to safe medical procedures shouldn't be determined by location, and it shouldn't be the privilege of a small few. And we're already seeing certain medical practices be restricted even in those states. You can help by donating to local abortion funds. To find out where to donate for each state, visit donationsforabortion.com. That's the number four, donationsforabortion.com. If you or someone you know needs help or if you want to get more involved, here are five resources. One, Shout Your Abortion is a campaign to normalize abortion. Two, Don't Ban Equality is a campaign for companies to take a stand against abortion restrictions. 3. Abortion.cafe has information about where to find clinics. 4. PlantCPills.org provides early at-home abortion pills that you can keep in your medicine cabinet. And 5. Choice.crd.co. That's choice.crd.co. Has a collection of these resources and more. You can also find all the links to these resources at podvoices.help and in the show notes. We encourage you to speak up, take care, and spread the word.